Bruce Nolan is standing by. Hey, Wacky Bruce. Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. Why, you might ask, why am I in your podcast feed so early? And the answer is because today you get breaking Bruce. Not to be confused with Breaking Bad, the television show, or the situation you run into when you're taking communion at church, which is Breaking Bread, or the situation you run into when your next door neighbor has a situation where he injures his leg, in which case it's Breaking Brad. Nope. Breaking Bruce. Because sometimes you just got to step up to the plate. Dawson Knox, tight end, Buffalo Bills, has signed a four-year, $53.6 million extension with $31 million guaranteed. In terms of average annual value, this actually puts Dawson Knox at sixth in the NFL, behind George Kittle at $15 million, Travis Kelsey at $14.3125 million, Dallas Godert at $14.25 million, Mark Andrews at $14 million, and David Njoku, the recently signed Cleveland Browns tight end, at $13.6875 million in average annual value. It's interesting that we would bring up David Njoku because there's a couple different ways to look at this contract. You can look at it in comparison to much more accomplished players like Mark Andrews, Dallas Godard, and Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle, and say, well, Dawson Knox isn't in their league, and you'd be right. Or you can look at it based on other projection contracts for players like David Njoku, who is less accomplished, in my opinion, than Dawson Knox. Or Janu Smith, who again was a significant projection contract. How about Taysom Hill as a contract? Now, I know there's some weird connotations with Taysom Hill because he was a quarterback and all that stuff like that, but it's really important that we examine it through both lenses. It is a minor projection contract because Dawson Knox didn't catch 600 yards worth of passes last year. Most of his production from a fantasy standpoint came via touchdowns, but the tight end market has a very reasonable chance of exploding. Because currently, it is a massively underpaid position. The highest paid tight end in football from an average annual value contract is George Kittle at $15 million. The highest paid receiver is double that. For a lot of years, the contracts for cornerbacks significantly fell beneath the contracts for pass rushers. But recently, it only took one offseason. All of a sudden, it was Jalen Ramsey, Tredavious White, Marlon Humphrey. The market blew up. And next offseason, there's a chance you could see a Mike Jacecki contract. 
you might see a Darren Waller contract any day now that would set the new market, maybe 16, 16.5 million dollars a year. So we recognize that a boom is coming. Do you want to be behind the boom or do you want to be ahead of the boom? Do you want to set the market? Do you not want to set the market? Now, there's always risk in setting the market early. And that's what the Buffalo Bills are doing. We talked about this podcast not too long ago that it's not like Dawson Knox has 100% arrived. I'd say he's like 65% arrived. We know he's a really good player. My question is, if he never got better than what he showed you in 2021, would this contract be worth it? I would say no. But what are the odds of that? What are the odds he never gets any better? We don't assume improvement on this podcast. That's not what we do. But Dawson Knox is the Josh Allen of tight ends. The guy came to the Buffalo Bills as a freak athlete that was woefully underutilized and underdeveloped coming out of Ole Miss. When you drafted a player like Dawson Knox, you were doing it because he was toolsy. You weren't doing it because he was in any way refined. So because the starting dot, if you think about this like a line chart, the starting dot is so low, the current dot is markedly higher. The trajectory that is created by drawing a line between those two dots is significantly pointing up. So I think it's unfair to assume improvement, but it's a risk worth taking. And that's what the Buffalo Bills are doing. They're taking a very, very small risk. The Browns are doing the exact same thing with David Njoku. They're doing 100% the same thing. They're thinking, okay, he's a full-time player, right? His best season was still a couple years ago, but he was a raw, talented player. And I think a couple years in, we talked about how slow developing tight ends are. Even good ones. Having an elite tight end prospect come out year one is very, 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 very rare. Dalton Schultz, Mike Giusecki, Darren Waller, all of these players could potentially get meaningful contracts next year. I think there's a very reasonable chance that Mike Giusecki actually signs a one-year prove-it deal somewhere next year because I think that there's a chance that he actually gets deflated in value this year. But you never know how it's going to go. So I am completely in favor of this contract for the Buffalo Bills because this is the type of player you want to do that for. You did it for Josh Allen. It's more important that you get it right for a quarterback. If ever there was a position that you do not want to tie yourself down to a contract that's difficult to get out of, it's a quarterback. It's much easier for a tight end because like I said, the tight end contract that is top six in the league is barely more expensive than Mitch Morse. It's less expensive than Deion Dawkins. So you can have a top six tight end from pay and still have them be the equivalent of the 19th highest paid wide receiver or offensive tackle in the league. So if you're going to take a swing on it, take a swing on it. The Browns took a swing on a tight end who was coming their way from Atlanta. He signed a four-year $42 million contract. At the time, he was the highest paid tight end in football. On March 16th of 2020. Big, big money. Because Kevin Stavansky knew it was really important to his offense. And he was reasonable. 
He was completely reasonable for the Browns. Not great. He was okay. And it didn't destroy their world having him around. They cut him after two years. He's going to have a dead cap hit of $3.75 million in 2022 and $3.75 million in 2023. Not that bad, all things considered. So, if you're going to take a swing, this is a position to do it on. Because if it hits, if Dawson Knox is a really good tight end, there is a chance that Dawson Knox is the ninth highest paid tight end in football very, very, very soon. So if you're going to do it, this is the way to do it. Now, from an on-the-field perspective, Dawson Knox might be a bigger part of this offense than we initially thought. I think a lot of people want to take the loss of Cole Beasley and just plug in Isaiah McKenzie or plug in Jamison Crowder. I think a lot of people did that in their head. I know I did when it first happened. Oh, Jamison Crowder. Oh, is the new Cole Beasley. But we've been hearing rumors all offseason that the Buffalo Bills might not be nearly as heavy in 11 personnel as they previously had been. You might see Dawson Knox be a bigger part of this offense if you're in 12 personnel and he's the third option, not the fourth one. That changes things. If you're looking at a big potential uptick in Dawson Knox usage, then you don't need nine touchdowns from him in order for him to probably have a better year this year than he had last year. So I think there's some optimism and there's a reason to get ahead of this now. So there's a reason to get ahead of it because you have other contracts coming and there's a reason to get ahead of it because you might have a statistical uptick coming. Both of those things are reasons why it's a good idea to do it now. Then you also tag in the downside that I already explained from the contract the Cleveland Browns signed with Austin Hooper. You have two big upsides and the downside isn't that bad because the tight end position isn't that lucrative. Even when you're investing top six money, you're still not investing massive quantities of money. The risk is not as bad as it looks. So because of that, I'm 100% in favor. Just from a risk analysis standpoint, the floor isn't that bad and the ceiling is huge. I don't see how you can look at this and not be in favor of it. I'm not a guy who bangs the drum for every single signing the Buffalo Bills do. But this one, I have a hard time imagining you can look at this scenario with everything I've outlined. The two things on the upside, the one thing on the downside, and look at that and go, yeah, from a risk analysis standpoint, this is a bad idea. I just don't think you can. And if you think you can, well, well, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumbles. 